0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of R2Pence. My name is Vivian and I'm Leah and we are your hosts. What's R2Pence, Leah? Um, R2Pence is a pop culture podcast Yeah, where we basically just talk about what's happening in the world and give R2Pence on it. Yeah, so it's our unsolicited <laughs> opinions on random topics that we find interesting. Mm-hmm. We are wholly unqualified, just a disclaimer for you. If you follow our advice and it goes badly, that's on you. <laughs> But please tell us about it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, each episode we aim to give our two pence on a current topic or a pop culture topic or just what's going on in the world. And occasionally we might have somebody on who actually knows what they're talking about (laughs) to give their two pence on a topic. And in today's episode, we are going to give our two pence on the past decade. The 2010s are coming to a close and we just want to do a cool roundup and see... You know, look back on all of the things yeah. that have happened, what we've missed. I can't believe a decade has gone. Mm. How quickly has the the years been? I mean, we would say we started 2010 as children. We were 13 <laughs> and now we're 23. 23. We, we're having proper jobs. We've finished uni. We're like getting into the nitty gritty of life. We're like well in our 20s now. I can't even call myself a. Early 20s. Baby. Early 20s. To- oh, yeah. Sorry. Early 20s. But yeah. Uh, so 2010 kate and wills decided to get engaged can you believe that happened in 2010 they have like (laughs) multiple humans now how did she do it i think it's because she doesn't have a real job Mm. oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah well as in not like she doesn't have a nine to five Mm. so when you're traveling and you have help like they have butlers they have nannies that's how you do it when you end up like fair enough Having to like walk out the moment after you've had a baby to present your baby to the world. Like, what's that baby in Lion King? Simba? Simba! That's literally what they did with Prince George, isn't it? Yeah, all the babies. That maybe is a bit sad having to have her do hair and makeup, Mm. and that. But other than that, she has a lot of help. She does. I'm not gonna lie. I stayed the whole night watching BBC's coverage of that baby being born. Are you serious? I have pictures on my phone of when she came out of the St Mary's on the (laughs) doorstep. Why? I was obsessed. And I, just, I just don't understand I would, why you were a royalist. I mean, look at me. I go around saying I'm a princess. Are you surprised? <laughs> and in my mind, at the time, I thought I was going to marry Prince Harry. So, so you're I thought, just keeping, up, uh, keeping I said, tabs on your future family. Yeah, I was like, you know what? To get in with Kate, I have to tell her, babe, I was there. Every single moment, while she went in labour, I was waiting for you outside. I mean, in my dorm, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah because we were in first year of uni at the time oh my goodness whilst i was studying i was watching and when oh. she came out i can't explain the type of guy i had no you weren't in first year of uni this is 2010 no when she had her first baby oh okay that's later on yeah that's oh, later that, on. okay yeah in 2010 kate and will got engaged mm. in 2010 one direction was formed wow that was so long do you know now that they have an x-factor group Mm. Um, where they're just trying to form groups. So I think that was off of the back of the fact that One Direction was formed on X Factor that many years ago. I think they're trying to recreate the success of One Direction and Little Mix. Little Mix. To not much great success. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to say. Yeah. Yeah, but that longer ago, Zane. They've literally Leo... had an emotional roller coaster. Right. They've had babies. Remember how, what's that one who, it's one of those things, I don't even know his name. I was about to be like, the one with the floppy hair. There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> White boy. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Um, like, you know, Zane left. a I minute. Mean, it Zane. Like, and then up. it was Harry. Oh, he left and did his own solar thing. Niall is doing his own solo thing. Liam. And then the other one. Um, I don't know the other one's name. Okay. In that, it, since then, in the past decade, Liam, did X Factor years ago, went on X Factor, went on One Direction, became successful, and then cooled things off, broke down with One Direction, and then got back together with Cheryl, who he met when he was 14, had a baby with her, and then broke up again. What an amazing rendition. Like, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> to think they were similar ages to us when they started on mm. X Factor, and now, you know, they're, they've they gone through life. Mm. It's, wow and the thing is like, it's literally been in this past I wouldn't even say past year this, but this past like four or five weeks I'm like oh Harry is kind of Harry cute. Can- yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm like maybe something about him getting into the 25s so I'm mm. like oh is it that he's so comfortable with who he is now mm. yeah and that it's less like teeny buffer shiny mm. glossy yeah when did Baby come out was that in 2010 I have no clue but I will I will try and find out it came out in 2009. Wow, just before. Just before. Well, it's a decade old now. Yeah. Yeah. And also Kanye West graced us with his presence on Twitter in 2010. It was the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> what a life that Kanye has has had in this decade. He's yeah. just gone down so badly. But become a family man now. And yeah. he's found God. Right, right. Make America Great Again. That's all, Kanye West. Yeah, that was a very sad story. But moving on to the 2011s. Yes. <laughs> in 2011, Kate and Will got married. Did you watch that royal wedding? Of course I did. Of course I did. I was firmly in front of my television watching them get married. It was beautiful. But we need to, we need to address something. Is it Pippa's bum? It's Pippa's bum, okay? It's it, no. It wasn't I did, spectacular. It wasn't it was spectacular. It was just a bum. It was just a bum. It, I mean, relatively a nice bum, but it wasn't how the world made. I mean, when I saw it, I thought, oh, what a lovely dress. And it fits around her derriere very nicely. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when it came out that Pippa had the bum of the year, I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Since that's the thing, we're not trying to put her down. We're just being like, of all of the ranges of size, of mm, texture, of mm. of color, the um, not the one. But do you think that may have started the bum revolution that we're seeing now? I don't believe it. Okay, I don't. I don't feel like that. Pippa is as influential as say, like, a J Lo, right? Or a Bootylicious Beyonce, right? You know what? Yes, they've been singing about it for a long time, and it's like now you guys are catching on. Mm. Yeah, everybody has a bum now, though, so that could have been the start of something. Mm. (laughs) See, the thing is, everybody had a bum to begin with. Everybody's Mm. born with a bum. Everybody, Apart from people who are born with nothing from the belly button down, everybody has a bum. Yeah, but you know the bum I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Just say booty. Booty! (laughs) Kim K gave us a lot to talk about this decade. With her 72-day marriage to Chris Humphries. Do you know what? She has actually had... I feel like for all people have said about her and like made fun of her been like, oh, because of your past, because you like to post racy pictures, that you're not the kind of person to be a wife. She was a wife multiple times. She has been a wife multiple times, um, yeah. Fair enough that relationship with Chris Humphreys didn't work, but she went on to find another relationship. She could be a first lady. She's on a very rising trajectory. She's had four kids, two of them by herself, two of them by a surrogate, has a fantastic kind of museum looking house. Mm. Yeah, and she's doing a lot now for, you know, justice mm. and prison reform and actually using her connections with Donald Trump for good. Mm. You know, I'm a bit cautious, but she's doing well. And mm. she stopped posting racy, racy pictures, trying to be the family woman. I respect her grind. I've got to put it out there. You I do, do respect Kim K's grind. She's doing a lot for herself and her family. And for someone who's, I guess, fame started from a sex tape, she's built an empire and you can't knock her for that, to mm. be fair. Rebecca Black's Friday came out in 2011. What's your opinion in that? (laughs) The thing is, I thought it was a catchy song. Yeah. And I felt like she was, what, 13 at the time? Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking, if my parents had been like, okay, for your birthday, you get to go and make a music video and record a song with your friends, I would have jumped at the opportunity. Absolutely. I still sing Friday now. It's still my anthem every single Friday. (laughs) So she did something. Mm. She did something in that studio. I don't knock her grind either (laughs) sis was really out here making a she made a whole music video yeah made a whole music video did she not come out with saturday i believe there was a song called saturday saturday we gonna do it all night yeah she came on saturday she did she's she was the craig david i didn't know i needed (laughs) one phenomenon that just didn't make sense then doesn't make sense now but really took its heyday in 2011 was planking what was planking? I've completely forgotten, but it's it that thing where you just lie down somewhere? Yeah. Okay. Like lie down horizontally, horizontally, horizontally? <laughs> <laughs> horizontally on random objects and take a picture of it for yeah, no reason. For no reason. This yeah. is, that was when social media was a lot cuter and more mm, fun. It was challenges mm, like mm, that. Mm, mm, mm. No, I agree. Planking was an interesting phenomenon. I never tried planking because I just no, thought it was laying down. Because I knew better. Right. We were smarter mm-hmm. than those people. Well, they were good. They they gave us some form yeah. of entertainment. They worked their cause, so Yeah. You can't fault them. They have good abs now. <laughs> <laughs> if I started that planking yeah. challenge. <laughs> oh, maybe that's where planking comes from. Yeah, it, it's basically like a bastardization of the actual plank exercise. Right. After you do it with your arms to the side and you try and be like uh, a. I I just had well, Putting it all together now. Yeah, it's all making sense Sometimes now. Sometimes it takes a decade for you to understand things. <laughs> You know what, a decade from now, I'll still be trying to understand a couple of things that we went through this decade. (laughs) 2012. The year of YOLO. (laughs) YOLO. Drake. I feel like, yeah, you only live once. I think that just promoted foolishness and stupid Mm behaviour. I'm like, not that anybody needed permission to do that before, but... Now they had a catchphrase to go with it. I'm not going to lie. In 2012, I was YOLOing a lot. <laughs> what did you get up to? Not me, as a, but I was saying a lot of things like, oh, I'm going to do this. YOLO. I'm going to take a gap year. YOLO. I'm going to not work. YOLO. I'm going to be trash. YOLO. That was just always my thing. Mm-hmm. So I agree that it did promote a lot of foolish behavior. I still did end up going to uni, though, so here we are. (laughs) I just, I didn't have the option of a gap year. I told my mum, but because my older brother lied about taking a gap year and then just never went to uni. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go. My mum was like, I'm not playing these games. Not falling for that one again. (laughs) Like, her and my dad dropped me off at the campus on uni and they were just like, no, not doing that. Yeah. Okay, in 2012, Instagram was made wow 2012 Mm. to think of the the rise of influencers and how they've changed in the this decade Mm. is incredible the fact that they're literally like 100 millionaires now some of them it's mad Mm. and i was saying this but in in marie claire they were saying that instagram was probably not going to make it past 2013 because of its war with twitter because twitter was Mm. massive back then How old were they? (laughs) Is is Marie Claire even printing? Who knows? Uh, knows? Blue Ivy was born. Yes. Our Um, little angel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fashion icon. Trailblazer. Whatever else Beyonce put on the trademark application. a whole choreographer okay an innovative like singer singer recording artist rapper writer you know producer innovator you know creator we can't content creator we stand blue ivy <laughs> we stand we love you girl but yeah and just a scandal of it all in 2012 this particular scandal that we're referring to rocked our worlds because we were children who weren't even privy to the bigger scandals that were going on. Right. And we're talking about when Christian Stewart and Robert Pattinson broke up. Yeah. I think it was it was really, really sad. <laughs> it was one of those scandals that generally did rock our worlds because Twilight had just ended. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our minds, Robert Patterson and Christian Stewart were going to be husband and wife and have all these beautiful babies together. To see Kristen Stewart (laughs) with her bum out, (laughs) which I can relate to, (laughs) with that man on set of, is it Huntsman and... Oh, what was the name of the, the I movie? Saw, I remember seeing her kissing a random director in the car park. Yeah, that was him. It, it was for a movie, though. What movie was it? Was, was it it was Snowmine and the Huntsman. Yeah, it was Snowman and the Huntsman. And, you know, he had his pants down and everything. Oh, It was really that bad. And it was like, we couldn't even lie. We couldn't even say, no, it's not real. She cheated so brazenly on Robert Pattinson. And then he went on to do some interesting things afterwards. Like the FKA yeah. twigs. And now he's Batman, allegedly, I think, apparently. Oh. I, I don't see it no I, I don't either I've always just seen Batman in my head as thick yeah like just jacked and muscly yeah and like oof he's in the gym maybe 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 but yeah. I can't imagine him his jacked his face up. is his face is very thin very he makes a good vampire let's mm. just put it that way or like um, posh Skinny, you know those kind of rock and roll may participate in drug characters yeah 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 but batman i I wouldn't trust him to save gotham Uh, yeah Mm. but let's see let's say we you know i've literally i have to say that i've never watched a batman movie so (laughs) i haven't either so i don't know what we're talking about to be (laughs) we're just like from his (laughs) face And having watched him only in Twilight, we're not sure. We're if not he's sure if he's more. right. You know, cast and directors hit me and Leah up. He's probably amazing. And we're just, we're just like, mm, we don't, we're not sure. We can't see it for him. Although we've never seen a Batman movie. And we can't nev- see it. Have you even? We've never seen a Batman movie and we've never seen anything else that he's in. So who knows his range? You know what? That's true. Robert <laughs> you keep shining. Yeah, keep do, don't listen to us. We just... Again, unsolicited opinions. (laughs) (laughs) 2013. The year of Harlem shaking. I actually made a Harlem shake video. So did I! (laughs) <laughs> but because i'm a smart soul it will never see the light of day right it will just sit i don't even know what hard drive computer nothing It just it's just you know it's somewhere floating about mm. i think we made a video because i think 2013 might have been a year in my school where we had dance competitions oh. between schools so we were just always making videos of you know women shaking their booties i wasn't very uh, involved uh, in that movement uh, um. But in 2013, you would have been going into year... Oh, so you would have been like 17, 18. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Mm, Makes... Okay, right. A little bit better. You're like, (laughs) Viv, you you should be growing up at that point, but it's also me. I was also thinking, (laughs) but your children? Yeah. It reminds me of that story in America where this teacher got suspended because he held a twerking competition in his classroom. Okay, that's not okay. That's not okay. But I would have happily participated. (laughs) vine was created by twitter in Ooh. 2013 vine literally was created blew up and died in this decade it, that's not okay it birthed, it birthed like mega superstars i think right. is it wasn't is it david dobrik eliza koshy other i don't i don't know the i wasn't I, I, did, I didn't follow vine as much as i should have but like now when i see videos from vine i'm like damn it lele pons or oh, does she come from Vine yeah. as well? There's a wow. few people that came from Vine, either moved to Instagram or went on to um YouTube mm. and then just kind of continued to block like Liza Koshy started off on this Vine and then she ended up hosting the Met Gala. Wow. And doing an interviews with Anna Wintour wearing wow. couture in a, in about six years. Mm. Wow. It's amazing. Like we we can't stress this enough. It's amazing how the internet has been able to create followings for people and careers from nowhere like Mm. this isn't a role that you would have imagined 10 years ago Mm. you know being an Instagram influencer that wasn't even a job title 10 years ago so it's amazing yeah same-sex marriage was legalized um in in the UK in 2013 yeah to think it was just legalised in this decade shows us how far we've come along, hasn't it? A lot of countries this decade actually legalized same sex marriages and gender equality and all of that jazz is go is on the rise now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm just like but gay people have literally always existed from the beginning of time. Right. So it's from the beginning of time until two thousand and thirteen. We we would we now recognise that they can also get married. <laughs> it's interesting i thought it was legalized before that to be fair i think maybe they had civil partnerships right in the uk yeah but then even if you look back like it's probably within the last hundred years that it's stopped being criminalized as much in the Mm. west yeah because they have had to like pardon so many people for for like indecent behavior for just being in like gay relationships yeah and then on the other side of it all, uh, um, we have the revelations of Jimmy Savile's behaviour. Yeah. How did you feel when all of that stuff came out in 2013? If you had any feelings at all? See, the thing is, I feel like Jimmy Savile was from the generation before me. Mm. Before us, we didn't really watch him grow up. I didn't up. know him like that, no. I didn't know him at all. Like, even with Gary Glitter, I'm like, I didn't know these people at all. When I was a kid and I used to mess around, and my mom, like, my mum beat me as a kid. <laughs> But, Same, <laughs> and when you go to school and you get that childline number, and you go home and you're like, "Mummy, next time you touch me, mm-hmm. see, what's gonna happen to you. <laughs> see what's gonna happen to you." I'm gonna call childline. But I remember distinctly from being a kid, my mum saying, "Call them, mm. call them," and then you'll just go get molested in a home. <laughs> wow. So, so it's one of those things. So like, it was like a te- like a teasing kind of joke, but I knew that there was a grain of truth in it. So from a, from a childhood, I knew that that stuff happened in care homes i think it was just the scale to which it happened mm. and like it's the fact that even my mom an immigrant to this country had heard about that knew about that from like we moved to the uk in the year 2000 but she'd like heard about that known about that i'm like if she knew mm. how many people must have known about this and nothing happened until this tipping point when it was like wow we have to get this information out there yeah it's that whole thing of he was somehow the nation's sweetheart I don't know why. I did not know who this man was. I didn't know him either. But but no, sorry to the man. (laughs) You know, sorry, not sorry. But yeah, like, I remember when he died, there was a whole thing on BBC. Everyone was like, oh, you know, Jimmy Savile, a hero, blah, blah. And then all these victims started crawling out. Mm. Imagine how scared they was all those years. Because they knew. If your mum knew, that means people in power also knew. And nobody did anything about Mm. it. Yeah, that was quite a revelation. And then, yeah. And I think this was also the tipping point of victims coming forward. I feel like maybe stuff like this has happened before, but we just weren't cognizant of it because we were... Like, in 2013, I was, what, 17? Yeah. So maybe because we weren't noticing or paying attention to it. We may have missed some stuff, but from what I've experienced from twenty thirteen, that was when people started being more open about experiences of abuse and that led on to, you know, people with discussions about Michael Jackson and them and eventually within the decade, the Me Too movement. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the one of the great things that has come, which I think the Jimmy Savile scandal, you know, I'm probably wrong, sort of started is this, you know, attitude towards abuse and mm. people actually say no, no no that's not okay it doesn't matter mm. that you're in a position of power you should not be you know abusing girls and then obviously we had the me too movement of mm. all these big execs which has been going on for decades 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 mm. and nobody not even women could come across and say you know what we know that these things are going on but they couldn't even support their friends they couldn't support their colleagues they couldn't support their sisters because they were like i want a job and then a lot of the victims being children, boys and girls. Right. And it's just yeah, it's one of those things where we needed to practice coming forward with it or accepting it and hearing about it and discussing it in like the public discourse. And then seeing something being done about Mm. it as well. Because I'm sure people had come forward, maybe not in the scale that they did with the Jimmy Savile case, but I'm sure they'd come forward to like people who worked with him. Because they said there were a group of people protecting him. Yeah. Because remember, I don't know if you watched the Bikram, this happened like a couple of years back as well with the whole Bikram, you know, situation, women would go to people who were running the, these teacher training courses and say, listen, he, you know, did this things to me. And they would say, oh, you know, you don't have to stay if you don't want to. So people knew. People mm. who were working with him knew, and they protected these horrible men who were doing disgusting things to these women and, and boys. Mm. You know, men and women were going through this, and yeah, 2030 was the beginning of that. Yeah, I guess. the tipping point of the prosecution of historical sex abuse. Yes, yes. So whether whether you did it fifty years ago, twenty years ago, you're still accountable for your actions, and I feel that was so important for yeah to happen. Oof, and then the whole um, oh, what's that man's name? The black one in America, Bill Cosby that was a whole thing in itself. I feel like the thing that it's hard to wrap my head around is the fact that there's so many instances of abuse where it's public knowledge, where right. people joke about it, they tease about it. Ha ha ha, Michael Jackson was friends with children. Ha ha ha, Bill Cosby, ha ha, you'll take this little pill and you go to sleep. You like, go to sleep, the, yeah. the fact that certain things were just jokes... The fact that it's like, ha ha ha, you're going to a care home and you'll get abused. The fact that people just... there's an ele- There must be an element of truth to all of these things. Right. So people knew on some level yeah. and nothing happened. <clears throat> the fact that it could run as jokes as well means it must have been going on for so long that it just kind of became public knowledge, things that people spoke about in communities, but nobody ever thought, hold on a minute, that's not right. Mm. <laughs> that's not okay. Um, now on to a lighter note in 2013 we saw the rise of twerking yeah twerking has not gone away has it twerking was there before 2013 I yeah. just want to clarify but i think this is when it's like was this when miley was doing her yeah this was when thing? miley was on a wrecking ball and at the vmas being a nuisance but yes <laughs> people have to to grow and change yeah and it's, it's one of those things where if i had the resources how would i rebel you know mm. it's weird because in in that decade miley went from being engaged to liam hemsworth doing the whole twerking thing lying low for a little bit then she got, married married him, him and then broke up with him. him and now she's doing a whole mess again i don't know what's going on over there it's really interesting I, I, it must be really tough being a child hollywood star and like yeah finding like carving out a path for yourself navigating relationships like if your whole life mm. you've never had the opportunity to, to like date and anonymity yeah and like just have you know just the weird dynamic of relationships because especially if you're in a relationship with someone else in the public eye how much do your publicists play into your relationship yeah yeah and your images and managing images and managing all of that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I remember I, I read that, obviously, these publicists actually put relationships together because they're trying to create an image of, oh, she's with this person and they're the perfect country couple. And apparently, that's how Sierra and Russell Wilson started. Ah. Yeah. And then it turned into love. And love. And she was like, oh, someone who is kind and respectful and like, oh. And has money and is still great. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> definitely... Russell is definitely a great upgrade from, from future. Yeah, from everyone she's ever dated. <laughs> I feel like he bought her her catalogue so that she owns her music now. Can you imagine? I stand. Th- I that stand. level of support to yeah. be like, I see you, I know how much you love what you do. Here's the opportunity to take the thing control is, of that. Sierra never has to work again. The work that she's done in the past, with her level of fame, with his level like level of income and hard work that he does, she never has to work again. I feel like Sierra just sings for fun. I feel like she goes into the studio like, do you know what? Today, I want to sing about one, two, three, four, level up. Like, literally. <laughs> I think that's literally what Sierra is doing right now. It's, it's an awful song, but why not? She doesn't need the revenue. And I still love it, but mm. it is what it is. I think, Yeah. It's great. I feel like it's a gym song. You know one of the songs that you just like, boom, 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 boom. She probably, you know what, you're right. She probably thought about this song at the gym. She was like, let's get into the studio and get mm. this made right now. That's, that's the kind of song that makes you turn up the thingy on your, on your bike classes, mm. on your cycling class. It makes you go up a little bit higher on the weight. Yep, Yeah. You push it up, squat a little lower. <laughs> Sierra, we stand. Mm. But yeah, um, that is it for our wrap-up of 2013. Mm. 2014 we saw solange and josie in the elevator we still never knew what happened in that elevator well that's what happens when there's a billion dollars in the elevator (laughs) but i remember reading a meme that said three albums came from that elevator you know what it did it really really did it had three people speaking their truth about what was going on and i think that was the first time we saw beyonce vulnerable that's the first time we saw the crack in the veneer and we saw her as a person Mm. who has like real life shit yeah because for her to just stand there and watch her sister beat her like no solange wasn't just a a sweet little slap Mm. it was beating jay-z and beyonce was just like not here (laughs) can't see nothing wasn't. I think it was in that moment that we just realised, oh, he did something bad. Yeah. He did something really bad for, yeah. you, for you not even to <coughs> fight about it on your behalf, to fight on it on your sister's behalf. He did something, something so shakable. It's weird because even then, I was still looking at Beyonce through a rose-tinted glass. I didn't think JC would ever cheat on her. It, it just It just goes to show that it's, it's one of those things where you can be perfect you can be talented you can be this X, Y and Z you can literally tick all of the things you can be, you know wifey material <laughs> yes <laughs> whatever <if> that means <laughs> <laughs> but if someone wants to cheat they're gonna cheat yeah, absolutely yeah but I mean, it happened it went away and then yeah, then we got Lemonade we then got, we got Lemonade what did, what did Jay see? Um 444 four, four. Four. and we got Don't Touch My Ear no, Cranes in the Sky That's what it's called. (laughs) I think. I don't know. Otherwise known as Don't Touch My Hair. Don't Touch My Hair. That was such a great song. Oh, Solange is great. But yeah. And then the year of the fappening. (laughs) This was when there was like a big hack of celebrities' iCloud accounts and a lot of nude photos were leaked. Yeah. Was 2014 the year that Kim did the bum thing? Do you remember when she had a champagne? The paper magazine. I Could don't that have even been know. 2014 as well? Look, it's one of those things where it just kind of established to the whole world that yeah, everyone takes nudes, right? Yeah. Everyone has nudes, mm. and then this one was just like the celebrity. Like there was so much a conversation around people saying they shouldn't have taken them in the first place, and it's like no. Everyone takes nudes. They were sent, they weren't like put out in the public. Someone stole them. They hacked in and they broke into yeah. these people's. And know. I think it also showed our vulnerability on social media because that was the first time we had a hack that wasn't political. Because mm. prior to that, it's always been, you know, you had the WikiLeaks, you had people coming out. Um, yeah, Kim K's paper cover was in 2014. 2014. That might have been a little protest to the nude um, thing. I don't know. I don't know about Kim, but. Yeah, I think I think I think that was the first time we were like, Okay, we're not that safe. We can't really do that much. I mean, we weren't celebrities, mm. but if these people could be hacked, what about me? Because I know that my attitude towards social media changed in that year mm. because of the Fappanin. And I think it's it's a culture that hasn't gone away. Yeah. I think maybe because of the rise of social media, we're so used to being able to consume celebrities whenever we want to. In the privacy of our own homes, on our phones, on our laptops. We're so we want to know what they're doing all the time. We want to see them on social media. We want to see them on their on their Snapchat, on on Twitter, blah blah blah. So it's like an extension of that. So we're just like a lot of people I think felt entitled to see their nudes. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. And they still do in some mm-hmm. weird sense. We feel like why are you not giving us x y and z? When, you know, in Michael Jackson's age, all they saw of him was in tours and in interviews, mm. and those were so rare. Yeah. You respected your, you know, idols or your celebrities or your favourite musicians, now I feel like there's no respect there I think that's why Beyonce is still so successful because there is definitely a wall up between Mm. her and her fans I do not believe for a second that Beyonce manages her own Instagram or her own Twitter. She has a team. It's one of those things where she's like, mm, I'm actually living my life. Like, she's like, you're going to get what you're going to get you're, and that's all you're going to get. You know? Mm, 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 mm. We, again, we only really saw her being like vulnerable and stuff in Homecoming. Yeah. That's yeah. when it was showing her like the rehearsal process. But even then, it was like, this is what you're going to get. I'm, like, she wasn't going to show us the behind the scenes baby bump picture. She wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. She was like, this is what I'm comfortable sharing and that's it. And. That's the thing. I feel like her fans respect her. They're mm. like, do you know what? If this is what Queen Bean wants to give us, then this is what we'll say. Mm. Because Beyonce is one of those celebrities, celebrity. Mm. She's so elusive and she's so, you know, comfortable with herself and not, she doesn't feel pressured to do anything for the public gaze or for her fans because she, she puts out good music. Mm. She, she does very good live shows. You and I have been. Mm-hmm. And, she gives you what you need to have. The rest of it is very private and mm. it's only for her and I completely respect that about her as well. Not yeah. that I'm not knocking the other celebrities because like Bella Thorne, I think, um, in an interview said that when, I think she was supporting her, fa- her parents when she did Shake It Up. Mm. She said that, by the time that she finished with it, she didn't have any money, and the, and she wasn't really making money from acting roles. So the way that she was making money was through social media, right? And it's just another example of just because you see someone doesn't mean that they have money. Mm. So I don't knock the use of social media or wanting to share yourself. It's just that people take that people take that inch and they want a mile. Yeah, they want to see everything, and it's like no. You're not entitled to that. And that really came to the fore with the family. Yeah. Well, one family that has enjoyed giving us all the information that we want is the Kardashians. (laughs) And it kind of merged with real celebrity when Kanye and Kim decided to get married in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I remember back when I used to watch Wendy Williams, um, Wendy said, I don't think this marriage will last did she say, I don't think it'll last a year? I don't know what time scale she gave it, but she says that if it lasts past than this, I will eat Did she not crow. say 72 days? Is she was being saying? cheeky, because Wendy is the worst, but yeah. She said, if this marriage lasts more than 72 days, I will eat crow. And she ate crow. She ate crow. She put a bit of salt on it. Mm. You know, you can't knock that woman. But ever since then it's just been I can't believe that happened in 2014 mm. yeah they've got four children now crap but no I think they must have had a kid before they got married yeah they had North mm. they had North before they got married So I'm like that's such a short timescale for four humans yeah fuck it's because she wasn't getting pregnant naturally for the other two mm. Because that's tough on your body. That must have taken so much pressure off. Because I remember seeing somewhere that Kim said that she cried. Remember, there was a Met Gala that she went in in that floral dress. Yeah. And people were comparing her to a couch. Oh, that was so horrible. Yeah. I think because she's had problems. I think she had placental accretion. She had problems with like, I I don't know, things that basically made it unsafe for her to carry her last two children. Mm. And I remember she, she got so big. Probably because she's on bed rest. When your when your placenta is abrupting, you're not supposed to be moving. Moving around, yeah. Uh, so she so she gained a lot of weight and people made fun of her. I remember people looking at her ankles, being like, Look at how her feet are bulging, look at all of this and that. Yeah. So I think she was just like, Yep, now you have to stay cute throughout, the, throughout whole time. the whole breakfast and just get a beautiful baby at the end. Mm. But I think her like her whole struggle with pregnancy, kind of disillusioned pregnancy for me because you you assume that you're going to get pregnant, it's going to be perfect, you know, you're going to have a beautiful birth and all the rest of it. But there are serious complications that could happen mm. and to see it with someone like kim who you would assume okay she's a celebrity she can afford everything and i think it's also because you see that um what's in it that chris their mom had six babies yeah, you're just she was like fine. oh you're just like oh they're just popping them out courtney mm. i remember i will never ever ever forget this on oh, keeping up with the kardashians her son mason courtney <laughs> reached for him from her vagina and, and him pulled out. him out courtney <sighs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's on another level of just strength. That mm-hmm. woman. I think she did that with Penelope as well. So she's very... Uh, she just seems like on an earth mother wave. Mm. So you just assume that it would be easy. So to see Kim, I feel like I really appreciated seeing Kim struggle with the pregnancy. Yeah. Be actually like, you know what? Pregnancy's not that fun. Mm. It's a little bit horrible. Mm. You know? Yeah. It, it gave a completely different perspective to what I'd seen, you know, in previous... And then just to witness Chloe's um struggle to get pregnant but then we found out that sis was taking birth control <laughs> she was like you <laughs> but the thing is about that that i'm so confused about i'm like they must have staged it because i literally remember her getting a transvaginal ultrasound and the and the doctor saying i'm not sure that you have enough eggs yeah i remember that as well because kim took her kim was like you yeah. should freeze your eggs just in case Blah 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 yeah so i'm just like so did she lie or Is it the, uh, uh, is Tristan sperm super? Uh, Yeah. Sis was on birth control the whole time. And when we found out, I was like, so you just lied for what, three, four years that you basically weren't able to have babies. Okay. But then you decided with Tristan. Okay. None of my business. And on a more somber note we had a lot of celeb deaths in 2014. There's the passing of Joan Rivers, Robin Williams, Maya Angelou, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There were so many celebrity deaths that year. And I think that was when people were like, okay guys, let's protect David Attenborough. At <laughs> yes. It was it was sad, um but it got it gets worse in the decade unfortunately. <laughs> On a more positive note, 2014 was the year that I started university. And me as well. We both started at... I remember my parents driving me to the campus... Puffing me in my room and then like waving my parents away. Yeah. Did you cry? I didn't cry. I was just like cool. They had like this little gift box thingy on your bed, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. had like a rice pack, mm-hmm. something, something. I remember just being like, okay, cool. It had a sim card in there as well. I think they had a drink in there as well. It was a gift well. gaff promotion. It was a gift gaff promotion. Yep. Oh, my mom, my mom, and my brother dropped me off, and when they left, and I'm so lucky. Like my family proper spoil me when mm. I'm by myself. So like my mom did my whole room. Oh. whilst we were there my brother arranged ev- like I was literally sat down the whole time and then when they left I said oh crap I'm by myself like mm. I actually have to do things by myself I cried I cried for three days Really? I cried for three days I missed them so much I mean bossing my little brother around but yeah I missed them so so much yeah but bruv I loved university that's the thing I I love the uni lifestyle yeah I love the uni experience the actual studying uh, you can keep it <laughs> <laughs> you can keep I mean I enjoyed chemistry don't get me wrong but the studying part is not easy no. it's not easy and getting to make new friends I lived in a city in my first year best decision ever really it made me love Norwich so because because Our campus is so far away Mm. from the city. You don't actually get to experience Norwich. You just sort of experience... Mm -hmm. Because it's like our our own little village, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I really, 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 really enjoy living in the city. See, I found that I stayed really, really close to campus. Right. The amazing thing, the thing that I love the most about Norwich is the fact that you pretty much have everything that you need Mm. and it's small as much as you're saying oh the city is so so far away from the campus it's like 30 minutes oh yeah yeah of course everything is relative (laughs) that's what i love the most i love the fact that everything is like a 30 minute walk away yeah you just put in your headphones and you walk and you're good to go yeah honestly that's one of the few things that i miss like now moving back to London is the fact that I can't walk anywhere mm. you have to take public transport because everywhere is just so far away from each other but yeah 2014 was a great year mm. I didn't plan to go to university but I had to and I'm so glad I did and just like looking back on all, like freshest weeks seeing oh. my pictures, seeing like, a baby face seeing how skinny I was I was so slim girl <laughs> and all the hills helped because we were going up and down up and down hills all the time in the city mm. yeah oh I, I wish i could go back to first year i wish i could go back to high school mm. with as then i wish i could go back to 15 with all of the knowledge that i have now right because i would take over the world you would I yeah i would have an empire by now uh, it's so it's such a shame how there's just it's just not enough there wasn't enough information around With the kind of resources that 15 year olds have now, we did not have half of those. No. They have so much at their disposal. It was, yeah, start of university for us. We didn't cross paths just yet. No, it would have been another couple years. Like a year or two, I think, before we crossed paths, yeah. 2015. 2015! The phenomenon of the dress. <laughs> the dress, you know the one that we're talking about, the one that is, is it that it was either blue and something, it was like blue and gold or white and blue. And different blue pe- and black yeah and different people saw it depending on how they were looking basically apparently it's dependent on whether your brain assumed that there was natural light or synthetic light Yeah, affected how you saw it mm, yeah uh, I mean there's a lot of philosophical arguments for it there's a lot of scientific arguments for it but is my blue your blue is yeah. my blue my blue is my red your red do you see Barack Obama as black or white like it's very very interesting stuff but, but, but I know Barack Obama is black <laughs> he's mixed he's, oh yeah sorry yeah, yeah. but he's got black and white in him however there is there is a theory that you know we will that see, he's a lizard person yeah like well not barack obama but just this it's a philosophical idea that you know you can see people in different ways um but it's amazing what the amount of ruckus this caused on the internet this might have been like the first thing to go viral mm. um in 2015 the rise of netflix and chill mm to think streaming has gone up so much that every single network station is now having a streaming platform i think that needs to end yeah because i'm already paying for the the maximum that i'm going to be paying for Mm. everything else by all means put out the content but i will be streaming it illegally (laughs) i'm sorry i'm paying for sky yeah i'm paying for netflix i'm paying for amazon prime i have spotify what else do you want me to pay for i'm not gonna do anything else i'm not doing it yeah disney plus came out with one hbo are coming out with one apple tv apple um, tv have already got one the market is saturated it's a lot don't do it don't do it I mean we say this but there are people who are paying for everything but it's like okay why don't we just go back to tv then Mm. why have all of these streaming platforms when I could just because I don't even watch enough Amazon Prime for how much I'm paying for it Mm. I don't watch enough Netflix for how much I'm paying for it I don't watch enough now tv for like I don't watch every single platform enough for me to be like okay this is justified to have another streaming platform Mm. In 2015, same-sex marriage was legalized in the USA. USA. Wow, under the rule of Mr. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Just 2015, just four mm-hmm. years ago. And to think that literally a couple of years after that, Trump got into office and basically wanted to like start rolling back the rights of the LGBTQ population. Yeah, Trump is a waste man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my two pence. <laughs> But also in 2015, there was a lot of speculation about a one um, Kylie Jenner's lips. Yeah, there was all of those um, bottle lid challenges Mm. in 2015 because Kylie kept saying her lips were real, but it was so obvious that they weren't. And she, you know, said that she used to line her lips, which has now created this huge beauty empire and has Mm. made her a billionaire, apparently. And all of these young people who looked up to her had the theory that Kylie would put her lips into the top of a bottle. And that's what, you know, inflamed it and made it look bigger. People burst blood vessels during this challenge. Yeah, it was insane. Mm. It was insane. And their lips grew so big and it was just so disgusting and it was so temporary as well. (laughs) It's one of those things where I'm like, it was... It was kind of obvious that it was lip fillers because it was such a dramatic transformation. Yeah. So at the same time, it's just like, whoever thought they can get this from a bottle cap? You know? You know? Yeah, yeah. But all that speculation really worked out for her because now she has like a billion dollar company. So why not? Yeah, good on you, gal. Controversial. But we move on to 2016. Um, again, there was another... Um, swathe of celebrity deaths right at the beginning of the year as well i remember bowie died and everyone was just besides themselves like oh my god david bowie's gone and this reminds me of celebrity big brother when <laughs> <laughs> when, when uh, <laughs> tiffany new york pollard, pollard hbic the original head bitch in charge thought the other david had died, died and was just running around like a headless chicken screaming that he died oh <sighs> Yeah, But that was really sad. There was the loss of Muhammad Ali, Prince, Alan Rickman, Debbie Reynolds, which led to the death of Carrie Fisher. And of course, George Michael. And this is just to name a few of the deaths. It was just a year of the purge, really. We Mm. were all just so scared. It was like every month there was another death. Like I remember in January, there was at least two or three Mm. after Bowie had passed away. So yeah, that was really sad. It's one of those things where... I didn't feel that sad. Mm. And I know it sounds horrible, but it's just the fact that I wasn't that into boxing. But right. I knew who Muhammad Ali was mm-hmm. and the work that he had done. I knew of Bowie, but I'd never listened to any of his musics or watched any of his films. I didn't listen to Prince music. No, I completely agree. I wasn't sad that any of these people had passed away. It was just... There were people that you heard of mm. and you thought not that they were always going to be alive, but you didn't think they would die. I don't mm. know. We sort of look at celebrities as immortals. Sometimes you think, oh, they're always going to be around. Now, like, mm. Of course, Bowie's always going to be around. So when his death happened, it was like, oh, a bit shocking. And then we had other thefts and it was like, okay, what's going on? Celebrities are dying. Are they supposed to have money or whatever? But then, yeah, people die every day. <laughs> it's very easy to forget that they're human. And it's just like with Prince, he had this reputation for having such a clean lifestyle and to find that he died from drugs. People yeah. were like, oh, there's this whole side of him that we never knew about that wasn't really uncovered. Yeah. And then oh, the, just the beauty of Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher's death. It was just like, oh, but now her daughter's here with nobody, mm. no family. Yeah. The year got worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was basically Brexit reared its ugly head. And, mm. uh, um, and that was decided for whatever reason. Thank you, David Cameron. We, we really appreciate you. you. Um, But no, not really. To add to the sadness, Donald Trump became the president of the United States of America. Right. We were both working behind the bar of our uni town, working a late shift, pouring drinks, cleaning up, tidying Mm. up while the election was happening in real time. Yeah. And I just assumed that it would correct itself. Yeah. We thought we'd go home and we'd come back and like the day before just didn't happen. Mm. But it happened. (laughs) Still happening. On top of all of that drama... 2016 was the year that Kim Kardashian was robbed at gunpoint in Paris. In Paris. That was scary. Mm. Scary, scary, scary stuff. Yeah. I think it really... is one of those things where this was the kind of year that reminded everyone <laughs> that celebrities are human. They're not untouchable. Yeah. And it also really showed, like, I feel like in the UK and in the US people really showed their true beliefs because we realized we live in such a bubble like most recently there was the election in the uk and the conservatives won and boris johnson was made prime minister and it made us really realize that we are living in such a liberal bubble Mm. that the rest of the country is more conservative the rest Mm. of the country is more leaning towards kicking out immigrants and, and are willing to line up behind a racist leader the mm. same thing that happened in america we look we watched things happen in america and we thought oh look how crazy they are americans are stupid and then to see the same thing happen here it's like okay then um we're also stupid we're too we're also now. stupid too <laughs> we can't really talk it's crazy because after that whole brexit/donald Slash Donald trump you know mess other countries started to follow suit Mm. and I think it reaffirmed in those people who were maybe scared to vote for what they truly believe in which is a more right-wing conservative government to actually go for them so in Europe there is a rise in right-wing parties being in power having more space to talk in parliament um but this was like the start of a really really scary time i think for a lot of different countries where a lot more conservative views are now being held and people aren't scared to vote for what they believe in anymore the thing that that i don't understand is how the tides have just turned
1: yeah so it's
0: like what i feel like a lot of them they're voting not necessarily on those beliefs there's something else that they're going towards that they're willing to compromise on those beliefs for yeah yeah. Because the split between Labour and Conservatives wasn't this way 10 years ago. Yeah. So what happened to make the tides turn? I think my friend made... I, a friend of mine that was speaking to Sahida, she made a really good point that back in the day, you would vote for a party that you felt was doing something for your, for your stay or was going to benefit people in some way, shape or form. But these days, we tend to align our beliefs And our ideas and our characters with a particular party when it's not that way so if someone told me oh I vote conservative and maybe I'm a labor maybe I'm a labor supporter and look at them and I'm like oh you're such a horrible person or you're racist or you're this or you're that but really and truly politics has now become so intertwined with our being that we forget that they're not always like people don't vote for things because they're necessarily racist or whatever it's always still down to selfish beliefs it might just be because of tax it might be because they really want brexit like i've spoken to a couple of people who were like i just really want brexit um even people who voted for trump i spoke to black people who were like there's too many mexicans in america they need to go they can't even speak english and i look at them and i'm like i can't i can't really mitigate those two things like how it's a bit mind-blowing to me and it's so common now and especially Like immigrants in the UK who are now voting for the Conservative Party. And I feel like that's very much an act of climbing up the ladder and taking the ladder up with you once you've climbed up. Mm. And just being like, oh, only the educated people who are uneducated from England are able to travel
1: Anywhere. anywhere.
0: Yeah. And set up a life there as well. People move to Spain all the time. You see them in Malaga. Like, Spanish people really don't like British tourists because of just how much of a nuisance they are. And somehow we think we're above everyone and no one should be allowed in our country. But yeah, 2016 was a sad year. Um, but there was a bit of light in 2016 in that mm-hmm. that is the year that Harry and Meghan began dating. Yay! You know I'm a royal fanatic by now, so I was very excited. I was a bit sad because yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, he's actually going for someone that isn't me. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I told you I thought I was going to marry Harry. Vivian, he doesn't know you. No, but I... Did he know Megan? She had good friends enough to say, Sis, sis, what were you doing? No, in full world, this was my long live dream I to don't be with know Harry. Harry to <laughs> set you up with him. I don't okay. know any royals to set my hands up with them. If I knew them... You'd, you'd be know. with them. No, I actually... Now that like you said I actually wouldn't be. I... From what we know now, in 2019, it actually seems like a sad life. Like to be under a microscope and in the public eye in that way. Yeah, I think as I've grown up more, I've been disillusioned to the life of being a royal. I always just assumed it was all guns and roses. I like, oh you get to call me ma'am. I have all the pictures on me. But yeah, not for me. I'll go for a regular, regular, beautiful black man <laughs> <laughs> who can't be tall. Yeah, cause yeah. On (laughs) to 2017. In 2017, saw the rise of Salt Bay. Yeah. Um, Never has meat been seasoned with salt so deliciously. It was quite a performance. With such finesse. With with finesse, Mm. pizzazz. Grace. Mm. (laughs) And now he has restaurants, like, everywhere, and all the celebrities are going there. Mm. And the rise of... The amazing, the motivational, the bad B that is Cardi B. <laughs> she came out with Bojack Yellow in 2017 and has been on the rise since then. What are your thoughts on Cardi B? I feel like she's a very raw person. and She's very, very determined to stay true to her roots. And the fact that she, she's managed to maintain that ratchetness. Yes. And still end up on the cover of Vogue. She's, I think she's going to be... It's either December or the January cover of Vogue that so she's one of their cover girls. Wow. And she did the 72 questions and she's there with her baby. I think that was a stellar idea because that way if her and Offset... When her and Offset break up... <laughs> which should be soon, sis. That way she doesn't have him ruining the covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Cardi B. I love her type of music. She's so ratchet. She's... She's... The girl that grew up in the hood but decided to make her life for herself, but she's still a hood girl. She's not trying to be something that she's not. And she dresses amazingly. Like, I'm like, how is it that you can throw your shoe at Nicki Minaj but still go out Paris Fashion Week looking like, a model, like an exhibition. You've, you've got to teach me, sis, because there are levels to this shit, okay? It's one of those things where, one of my favourite things was seeing her do like a fashion over fashion shoot, or not even a fashion shoot, like a runway up and down on an Instagram video where she was singing to um, Baby Shark. <laughs> was she doing that? <laughs> no, her Instagram is jokes. It's jokes, but it's also just really, really um, very much still like herself. Yeah. On a bit of a sad note, we had the horrific incident of the Grenfell Tower building being burnt down in 2017 and it killed a lot of people according to the reports it was only 73 people that passed away but it's because they can't find everybody else and the tragedy happened because the buildings were made out of cardinal wall which has already been proven not to be very good for social housing But under the Conservative government, they didn't really make great choices as to the kind of materials that they used to build these buildings and weren't really caring about the people who lived there. And even since then, there was a report that came out and people were blaming the firefighters for not being efficient enough in order to save all of those people. And I think this is just a classic case of it's not affecting us and these are people who have no money they have no choice but to live here so they're going to have to take what we give them it was just such a sad sight to see and so many talented people were lost in that building and we're still feeling the effects what, what was your reaction when you saw that building burning Leah? I was shocked that something like that could happen in the in the modern day does that make yeah. sense like that that's the kind of thing that you think about from like the 1800s when you know London burned down yeah like, like it's not something that you think would affect the present day situation and also the way that it was handled i feel like there was a lot of blame going around and it's Mm. like um who cut the fire department's budget right who you know yeah this was all you guys (laughs) (laughs) i remember when i saw it on twitter i was like are people just joking around again because you know so many videos and stories fly around on social media you don't really know what to trust and i was like oh my god there's a whole building burning and it wasn't until the next day. That I really got to see the impacts that this had on so many different communities, and they're still recovering. Like some of the some of those people still don't have housing; they still have to stay in hostels. They still don't, you know, know what happened to their family members and stuff. So yeah, that was a really really sad time, and my prayers and stuff still go out to the family. On a much more frivolous note, um, 2017 um, also brought us well the great phenomenon that is Love Island. Wow love island that is me in the summer like yo everybody in the summer is talking about love island watching love island so much so now that the u.s have picked it up and they have started their own love island australia has their own love island yep i'll admit that i was too proud to participate Mm in love island back then yep um i didn't participate again in 2018 because i was too good for that and then in, <laughs> 2019, you see her now? <laughs> in 2019 i decided do you know what be sociable get into the gutter with everyone else. <laughs> you're down here like us now leah and i thoroughly enjoyed the experience yep the thing is the the show isn't that great it's the commentary on twitter it's everyone having something to talk about like Mm. it's the conversation around it that's the best part yeah you know love island isn't a brilliant idea there's nothing groundbreaking about people's you know dating people we all have lots of different dating shows but it's just the bare audacity of the show to be like you know what we're just gonna break you up and we're gonna bring in a sexy looking six foot god and you can have him and what are you gonna do now yeah i really really enjoyed 28 2017 love island was like peak for me and then it just got better and better and better and better i'm not sure how it's going to be having the yeah the winter love island which is going to come in the new year mm, i'm looking forward to it because we need something to talk about on twitter yeah we do during we do. those cold months don't we and apparently that they're, they're going to try and broaden the range of people that they bring in there's been lots of debates about whether there should be black people on love island just because of how they end up getting treated Mm. and just that i I think love island has caused a conversation around different things such as like beauty standard hair what we consider to be because, because the people on love island are supposed to be empirically beautiful and what does that mean when you know we don't even have a range of different sizes everybody's like really slim they have beautiful bodies and like what what does that all mean and it's always a good time to check ourselves again like okay what is your real idea of beating like in this modern age of dating and technology and everything like how is that all changing and stuff it's also fun to see hot people floundering to you know create personalities for themselves to woo other (laughs) hot people that bit Tommy Fury <laughs> I've seen him in real life. He's cute, but Curtis in real life is a lot more attractive than you'd think. Really? Yes. In real life Curtis is a lot more attractive than he appears to be. I think it's cool also because he was very happy to play the character of like the fool. Yeah. He was very happy to play the go between, the uncle. His claws came out when he when he was heartless to Amy on that sofa Ooh. when he lied and everybody saw it that like, oh
1: he has You're multiple liar. personalities yeah yeah
0: he's a liar like the rest of but them mm, mm. maybe he's also a fuck boy <laughs> just because he can dance just just because he can do the cha-cha mm. doesn't mean that he's not gonna fuck with your head yeah um but Remember yeah that ladies <laughs> but yeah um curtis is a lot more attractive in real life Ah nice i mean is attractive in every single scenario you can think of so is this another, the next person you want me to set you up with? Yes, Leah. I mean, I'm throwing hints here and you're just not catching them. <laughs> okay. My brother, yeah, actually, next one. What, your brother's <laughs> friends with Ovi? Yeah, he is. Are you serious? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I have an in. <laughs> Next time my brother has a game in the UK, I'm going so that I can see Ovi. Oh, no. So you can get it in. So I can feet. get it in. I mean, he probably won't see me all the way down where I am compared to his, you know, his height. His height. Is he gonna be the exception, like the one tall guy that you'll be like, "Yeah, I'm willing to climb today." Yeah. You know, I don't like travelling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the that's a journey
0: I'm willing to take to that altitude. <laughs> Why not? There's such so many great things up there, <laughs> and um. 2017 really was a roller coaster because we've had, you know, Salt Bay, Carly B, Grenfell, Love Island, and then on top of that, there was the rise of the far right, and then there was also another um, abuse revelation mm. that was regarding Robert R. Kelly. Yeah. This one wasn't something that surprised or shocked anyone, which Everyone again knew. is. A testament to someone who has been protected by communities which I still don't understand even in the midst of all of this scandal people were still buying tickets to his shows people yeah. were still supporting him in primary school I knew I heard the story of how he peed on a 12 14 year old girl yeah. I heard about it we were still singing I believe I can fly in the mm-hmm. choir the fact that he was literally that surviving R. Kelly later came out to show that he was literally camping outside of schools to pick up vulnerable women yeah there was, a, there was a documentary, I think it came out in 2017 as well, that was made by BBC Three. I thought that would be it. I thought that would be the beginning of people actually probing into R. Kelly and stop going to his shows and, you know, make this guy suffer financially. But for some reason the documentary happened, everything got swept under the rug, and people just carried on as if nothing happened until, you know, the surviving R. Kelly documentary finally came out. And a running theme that I saw in all documentaries were these families saying, oh, we heard all these stories, but we didn't think he would do that to our daughter, or we didn't think he was capable of doing such a thing. And it's like, you heard it from multiple people that this guy is a paedophile. You saw videos. He was convicted in court for this. But you thought somehow your daughter was exempt from, or like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. people were so... I think people were so on, the, on a mission to create a successful career for their children or for themselves mm. that they thought, I am strong. I'm on a mission. I know what I'm here for. It won't happen to me. Yeah. But that's probably what everybody else thought. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And Chicago, just the fact that he's been able to, the fact, the fact that, Kids in schools knew that 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 he was there to pick up girls. He was called the Pied Piper by so many people for so long and nothing was done. He married Aaliyah. He married her. And, and only now is he being charged with bribing a government official in order to... I think it was to give Aaliyah fake documents so that she could say that she was of legal age to marry. And people, yeah. she was 15 and people knew that and he'd known her since she was like 12. Yeah, yeah. He married Aaliyah. Anyway, he's right where he should be, yeah. which is in prison. It's just, uh It's damning that it takes this much pressure, this, like, decades and decades of pressure cooking up before federal investigators are willing to take these claims seriously. Yeah. And it just shows the different times that we're in. Mm. Because before... You could abuse people online. It wasn't seen as a criminal offense. You could make really inappropriate comments or do inappropriate, and people wouldn't just see as it. They're just like, "Oh, you know that's just how he is. Oh men being boys or oh, boys boys. like no, but th- this is an offense. this is criminal. You shouldn't be allowed to carry on this way just because of your influence and your power and he was able to get away with it for so long that I'm finally happy that he's I'm making a change around it. It's just it's the fact that there was ample evidence then. They're mm. using that evidence from then to prosecute him now, now which meant that they could have prosecuted him at any given time. Yeah. They just chose not they to choose not. It wasn't to. a priority. No. It wasn't on a national scale enough because his victims were not white. White it's really that simple and again a lot of people were saying why are we prosecuting um what a strong black man a strong black man man. we didn't do this with white we don't do this with white men and it's like that's besides the point race doesn't come into when someone is a serial abuser a serial pedophile a serial you know mental physical sexual abuser like i don't care that he's black he needs to be punished for his terrible actions and he's he should not be protected and also harvey weinstein was prosecuted i mean that's a whole another thing that's happened a couple of you know this year but we can't justify his behavior and say we need a strong black man because this isn't the black man that i want my you know boys to look up to when i do have children or my brothers or my uncles or you know this isn't the black man that we want to uphold in our community and we shouldn't so true moving on to 2018 2018 was a really great year for um for black panther yeah i thought 20 like black panther was last year Mm -hmm. it feels as if it's been in our lives this whole time what an incredible movie did you watch it i took my mum to go see it ah how was that i was literally brimming with pride so much of the depiction of africa is really really bad Mm. and this is even at the fault of our parents I feel like coming here, being sent back to, to Kenya was a punishment that was kind of hanging over your head, that they would send you back there. It really, really made us have a negative opinion of of where we're from. Yeah. So to see Africa on an international state being upholded for the music, the culture, the clothing, I thought that was incredible. And I, I almost cried in the theatre. Oh, wow. It was a bit emotional. I mean, I watched it three times because I was wow. just so... I just wanted to get a different experience every single time and I did. I got a different experience the first the first time I was just so proud. I had goosebumps the whole way through the movie, just like, oh my goodness, they're speaking. I can't say is it saucer, they're in different cities they have different cultures they're speaking with i'm not going to say an african accent because there isn't such a thing as an african accent but i think it's like an east african or like a kenyan i'm not sure which Mm -hmm. accent that i think it was south african actually it's the fact that it's like it proved they can speak in an african that isn't british or american and they will still understand you yeah they will still buy the tickets they will still come and see you they will still support you they will still buy the lunch box the poster the the hot tea cup With your neck, with the face on it, they will still do all of that things without conforming to what you told us we had to be before. Exactly, and also it was fantastic that other countries were like, you know what, we're going to buy into this as well. Saudi Arabia, you know, opened their cinemas in like forever so that people could see Black Panther. And I think this was a great example to show that Africa is marketable. Black people in a black led film with all black actors and black producers it is marketable. There is a market for us. People are going to pay to see us. People are intrigued by what we do and we shouldn't limit ourselves to supporting roles in movies or films or books or whatever anymore because Black Panther really started a revolution, I think, in the media. But 2018 was also great because we moved to Cardiff. Yay! This is where after uni, and uh, yeah, we ended up in the, in the same city. And I moved there secretly because my mum told me not to tell anyone. <laughs> 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 yeah. Leah, Leah called me. I think it was like a week before you, you were going to move down. And you were like, Oh yeah. So by the way, I'm coming to Cardiff. I was like, what the hell? How, when did you come here to do an interview? You got a whole job. You're going to a whole house. I hope, I, I know nothing, but. It was fantastic. We had such a great year. I think that was yet another example of moving to another city and just making it work. Yeah. Like, I moved there. I had my suitcase and I was living in a hostel mm. while I was looking for properties in my lunch breaks. And I just had to be like, okay, cool. Put down deposit, organise travel, negotiate, like, get a proper, proper job, negotiate my salary, do all this and that, like, figure out my finances. And that was the first time I ever did that. And we did that successfully. We did it successfully. Same, like, I had an, I, I was working at a pharmaceutical company there. Um, it was, it was really interesting because it was the first time I was working, but I was still being a student and I was in a completely new city meeting new people I had no one there no you were the only familiar person that was there for me and I guess for you as well but it was such an amazing experience because I'm glad I did it when I did it because now going into the workplace I have so much knowledge about work politics people how to negotiate your pay deciding where you're gonna live saving up so that you can just pick up your stuff and say bye I'm moving to a whole new city we are definitely going to do a whole episode on that topic so just keep holding on yeah it'll come but now 2018 was a fantastic year in that aspect um it must have been very um sad for you when megan and harry got married <sighs> i mean it was heartbreaking i watched it and i think i cried oh when megan came out i was like fuck me she's so beautiful I I can't, like, I can't be upset. Even though I'm upset, I can't be upset just because it was such a beautiful union. I did stay up to watch that as well. I got dressed up, I had my food, I had it on my little TV in my room and it was such a beautiful union. I'm so happy for them. The thing that I enjoyed most about, I actually did watch this one. Okay. This was, I think, the first Royal Wedding that I actually paid attention to and did watch. And... I really, really liked the outfits. I watched the people coming into the chapel and that was my favourite part, was watching people's reactions to the outfits. So I think Tolly T was doing commentary, live commentary on each person's (laughs) outfit. And that was one of the highlights for me. Yeah. And then I saw part of the ceremony, got a little bit bored when it was just like the sermon. And that preacher... Oh, my God, the preacher. The love and the love. <laughs> he was the... doing a lot. <laughs> but I guess that's, like, American style of preaching. Yeah. But do you know what was most beautiful for me? It was the, It's the way Harry looks at Megan. It, it, it's movie love. It's looking at her thinking, I have the rest of my life to be with you. Yeah. I see my future in your eyes. You know, I read all of that just by looking at his face and... I want that one day. Their union was very beautiful. It definitely made all of the drama with her family a lot more worth it. One hundred percent. I mean, I was a bit sad for her that it was just her mum. Like she had no aunts, none of her siblings. None of her siblings were there. there. Just it was literally her mum and then her friends. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for her just to be basically by herself because everybody else there was were for Harry and not for her. But yeah there was also the Thai cave incident yeah. in 2018. So I think the Thai cave incident was when you had the schoolboys, was either 13 or 18 of them. And they were stuck in the cave, stuck there for 13 days and all of them were rescued successfully. And now Netflix is making a movie about it. So be on the watch for that. <laughs> oh um, 2018 was also the year that Cardi B threw a shoe at Nicki Minaj. Their feud came to a head in 2018 at the Met Gala and Cardi B threw her shoe and she left with a big cocoa. I call it a cocoa, but it's a massive bump on her face. And people were speculating that it was Ra Ali that actually punched her. We still don't know what happened there. But it was a bit sad to see something like that because, you know, we don't have a lot of women in rap and the twos that could have been a good representation were literally fighting each other on such a big stage. What did you think? A little part of me thought it was staged. Mm. But then maybe the bump. I'm like, what? What is the likelihood that they had a makeup team ready to paint a bump on Cardi B's head? Yeah. Probably not very likely. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like the beef might be staged because it just helps create camps. Whether you're Team Body, Team I don't know what the groups are from Minaj. Uh, Nikki's Barb's. Are you a Barb or a Body? Yeah. So <laughs> I think that beef creates conversation on Twitter. Creates like momentum for their careers and I think it's the way that it should be done I think that it would be nice if they would be able to to not be forced to feud like in the same way that like men are allowed to just kind of exist in rap do you know what that might have a point to it because I know that when rap was still a thing I guess in the 90s and 80s there was a lot of feuds between different camps there were different people so Jay Z and Nas, they had their own little beef. People were constantly beefing through music. I think it was always through music. It was, and, and I guess it's different because you don't have social media now. So it was never like oh, you know, but, you know, Cardi's this or making really horrible comments about each other. It was more like, I'm going to go into the studio, I'm going to show my flair, I'm going to show that I'm talented and then I want you to beat me. So it was very interesting for the fans because they were getting quality work, but they could still feud through their music. And I don't think we get that as much now as we used to. I think maybe when Remy Ma, from Remy Ma came for Nicki. Oh, that was sick. Sheetha. Sheetha. Seven minutes of greatness. I wish I had it downloaded on my phone just to remind me that I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> you need a daily reminder (laughs) 2018 was also the year that the me too movement came to a head it really blew up in 2018 it went global a lot of people coming out and speaking on their experiences with you know people in positions of power or even just in their families and different areas of their lives so i guess i guess me too transcended celebrities it became more of like an actual social conversation i think it went back to its original roots because the women who created the Me Too movement? Tarana Burke wasn't a celebrity. Mm. It's only when it got picked up by like Alyssa Milano that it went catastrophic in the celebrity sphere. But then it kind of is being brought back into the real world, into the people that work in the grocery store, who work in the office, who work in the in the farms. Like they also experience sexual harassment in the workplace as well, or just in general. Mm. So I think it was really heartening to see the amount of support that they were getting. Yeah. But then I feel like there were some attitudes that has been changed, but at the same time, I'm like, could still be, could still be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're at a stage now where there's a lot of conversation around Me Too and the importance of mental health and the importance of being able to speak out and having the space to speak out. But whether or not there's actually precautions in place to stop this stuff from happening it's still yet to be seen and obviously it's still in the early stages so there are things still being brought up so it's really nice that we have a platform to voice our worries or our concerns or our experiences but in terms of having it woven into our everyday life I think that's going to take a bit more time unfortunately. 2018 was also the year that we went to see the, on, the Run 2 tour uh, yes and Cardiff would you believe, was the first stop on the tour. So we saw it while it was fresh. While all the dance moves were still new, all the outfits were untouched. Literally, they ripped off the xylophone and she put it on and it was fantastic. If you've never seen Beyonce live, Save up your money and go. We managed to get steel tickets. I think our tickets ended up being like £28. They were in the nosebleed, like way, way, way back out. But I feel like next time, I definitely do want to save up and be a lot closer to the front in one of those seated seats there. Yeah. The thing is, if we had booked enough in time, we could have got those tickets. So it's not that bad. If you save up enough, I don't think £100 is unreasonable to see Beyonce, by the way. If it's something you want to do, guys, do it but it was fantastic despite us being all the way in the back (laughs) we were still on our feet for like for the majority of the show we were dancing we saw all of the all of the video the vignettes and stuff that they recorded first i was just so glad that we saw it first it was literally it was like everything aligned we ended up in cardiff at the same time Beyonce ended up coming to cardiff and we were the first stop on the tour i don't think you realize how amazing this experience was for us like it was just perfect and it was just off of the tail of Chella as well mm-hmm. so we got to see you know Chella live with a bit of Jay-Z in there and it was absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic and it's one of those things where the next time that I go to a Beyonce concert I someone I'm just putting this out there into the universe someone please make a dance class or a dance course where you teach people how to do the dance moves because a lot of the time she does the same ones so that way if you go from concert to concert you can sit in your seat and you can dance along. dance along yeah Oh my god, Beyonce is great. She's so so good. But before that concert, we had Baychella. I watched it. I actually woke up early that day and I watched the whole thing on YouTube. My goodness, what a queen! For months and months before it ended up being released and like put on Spotify and put on on Netflix as a movie, I basically was watching it slash listening to it on youtube <laughs> yeah in chunks Ooh. so i'd listen to part one part two part three, like and the outfit would change from yellow to pink to Ooh. yellow Ooh. but someone had managed to like weave out the song so that you could hear wow. like the whole performance wow that's awesome yeah I, I saw the first one the the one where she was wearing the yellow outfit so i think the second day was the pink, pink outfit yeah. my goodness it all happened so quickly i was like are we done You're not going to play any more songs? Like, how did we get here? But I was so proud of Beyonce. Like, how am I saying I'm proud of Beyonce? You know? But I am. I'm so proud of everything that she's been able to achieve in so little time. And she was the first black woman to perform at Coachella. Yeah. And she she said, ain't that a bitch? (laughs) She literally said, you can listen to it on Spotify right now. But yeah, 2018 was a really great year. We really love 2018. 2019! here. Final year of the decade. Yeah. Like, before we talk about what 2019 has been, what has, like, been your highlights of the decade, would you say? This past decade has basically just been me growing into an adult. Yeah. It started when I was 13, ends when I'm 23. And at the start of the decade, all I could see before me was school. All I could see was coming to classes, being stressed about that, GCSEs, A-levels, blah, blah, blah. When I look forward, there are infinite possibilities. I could go in any direction I want, and it's overwhelming. But that's what I'm walking into the next decade with. Mm. So that is a massive, massive transformation to go from you know from school to figuring out working to like this is the decade that I like imagine that I will get married and have my kids in. Wow, it's incredible. My highlights of the 2010s again, similar to you you know being a student in school and having to listen to all these rules and trying to figure out who I want to be and what my identity will look like to being 23 and still not really knowing who I am and not really know what anything looks like and it's been such a beautiful journey of oh there's this great Lauren Hill song where she talks about dying I feel like parts of me have died and then other parts have been reborn. Like, I feel like you die and then you become a different person. Like, parts of you just changes and grows and weaves into something so beautiful. And I've been so lucky and so blessed to be able to finish school, start university, do a master's, bloody graduate, get a job. Like, I could have never imagined where my life is right now at 13. I really thought at this age I'd be married same <laughs> I at 13 I thought I'd be rich <laughs> like really rich <laughs> at 13 a 23 year old person is an old person yeah 100% Though even now I look at 13 year olds and I'm like yeah I'm just like you I don't see them any differently to, like, to the way I, I see myself but yeah like I'm really grateful for this decade because I think it's equipped me with enough that I can go into the next decade and yeah hopefully make something of ourselves <laughs> fingers crossed but yeah on to 2019 on to 2019 I think this year is so recent in our minds there's almost too much to talk about but the main the main gist of it is the fact that we had a Brexit deal that was just going in the UK we had um, an ag- we're trying to form an agreement with the European Union to decide how we want to continue our relationship with them post leaving the European Union And that has just been a circus. (laughs) I'm like, if you were a university student and you got this many extensions, it wouldn't, it wouldn't ride. Your degree would not count. (laughs) So it's like, how come people who are running countries, who are running a collection of countries, a union, are allowing this? I'm just like, I'm like, why hasn't anybody put their foot down by now? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really bad because I got quite into it. So I would watch all the parliament live, I would watch all the debates, and it's just gang culture. <laughs> like, it's really embarrassing to see our MPs just throw stuff around like nothing was really making sense. It didn't even really look like they were trying to do anything except have an argument. It looked like they basically wanted to have the last word or they wanted to just discredit what the previous person had said. Yeah, there was no resolution. Nobody was really listening to each other. And you know what? Let them go. (laughs) Let them go. But yeah, that's my two-pence on Brexit deal. In 2019, we had Leaving Neverland and there were also charges filed against R. Kelly, which is that there is some movement towards prosecuting well obviously not michael jackson but some movement towards righting the wrongs that were Mm. done in the past yeah the the r kelly thing i mean that was you know brewing for a while so we knew that was going to happen eventually because he's still alive and there were a lot of victims that came forward but the michael jackson one was a very interesting you know documentary for me because I didn't really know Michael Jackson. I'm not very familiar. Like, I know some of his songs, but I'm not very familiar with the man that he was. Everybody knows that he had... He would play with children. He was very soft spoken. All of all, like he tried to throw his kid down the you know window. The one with the blanket. Oh, blanket! He just he just held blanket. Like held, yeah, held him outside. Like we all knew all of the you know big stories around him. And I remember when I was younger, there was like a whole story about him going to courts to fight another you know claim that has been brought against him. But what I found most interesting about the Leave a Neverland documentary was how lovingly his victims speak of him. It was almost as if they didn't realise what had happened to them post the the situation. I was almost like, wow, they they didn't bash him. At any point did they say Michael Jackson was a terrible human being or he deserves to go to hell. It was almost like, oh, you know, we had a good relationship. Um, You know, we would have sex here. They talked about it as a matter of fact as if, this is something that I went through, but I don't hate him for it. Did you get that same impression when you watched it? Yeah. I think it's because they were so young. Right. And because for a lot of them, like he would provide so many like opportunities for their families. And that's why families would be like, yeah, we'll go on holiday and we'll sleep in this hotel room and we'll let our like five eight-year-old son sleep in bed with michael jackson like yeah. it's, it's mad but he provided so much security for them must have been so nice so accommodating to them that so many things were overlooked it, it, it came across as love yeah i remember like the way story who's the younger boy he was saying that they went to michael jackson's house you know at neverland And he begged his mum to stay after, you know, his parents were going to leave for a few days. And his mum was like, oh, yeah, I guess, sure. And I I almost, I want to have a conversation with her. Like, what goes through your head when you decide to leave your five-year-old son with a man that you don't know for five days? I don't know. No, but that's the thing. In those days, just someone being a celebrity didn't make it feel like you knew them. Yeah, because it's different now. At least I see what the inside of these people's houses look like. At least you see what they do in their day to day. You see them getting their makeup done. We d- there was no- there was such a difference between everyone. It- but then maybe that's how fandom works. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe you look at a fat you know, somebody that you're interested in as an artist, and you love them so much that you're like they could never do no wrong. I think it was definitely that the whole families were groomed, right, to accept whatever Michael's reality was. It's just the fact that it was just known that after he had one friend who was a a child, when they got too old, he would just get another one and get another one and get another one and no one thought to question that or maybe they did and they just didn't say anything the thing is that he had red herrings in there like he had a relationship with Macaulay Culkin which maintained as Macaulay Culkin got older but I'm like he could see I think that he would see Macaulay Culkin as a peer because he was also a child star yeah It's not every child that someone comes across debuts. Mm. Whereas the other ones, he was providing something for, providing opportunity for, XYZ. He was in more of a position of power with them. Mm. But hey, this is more than we can wrap our heads around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Yeah. that all came to light. In 2019, there was also the mysterious attack of Jussie Smollett. This was was bizarre, to say the least. Uh, There was a story that came out that I think it was Jussie himself that told us the story on his Instagram page where he claimed that he was attacked by two men. He claimed, I think, I'm pretty sure he claimed it was a racist attack and they yelled racist and homophobic slurs at him, poured bleach on him and tied a a noose around his neck, sorry. Yes, so this supposedly happened in Chicago because he was hungry and wanted to get a subway. In the middle of the night. In the storm. I'm pretty sure there was like a, um, there were like weather warnings or something. There yeah. Was like an odd time to be outside. Yeah. And then eventually, um, two black men came forward and said that they were paid by Smollett to, they were apparently his personal trainers and dealers, and they were allegedly paid to stage the attack for him in an attempt to, I don't know, gain more celebrity, more popularity, because he claimed that he was the gay Tupac. Right. Yeah and he did he did <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just yeah and there's still mystery around whether he was whether what he said is true because the police like sued him dropped charges he's now suing the police now the police are like counter suing it's a mess so nobody really knows the truth of what actually happened that night yeah it was just such a weird story because a lot of things just didn't add up it's like why are you going to buy Subway Why have they chosen you specifically? I mean, he's not black presenting. So, you know, I don't know. Obviously, that doesn't justify anything. Um, But he made it seem like the attack was very specific to him. But it didn't make sense because his reasoning for going out wasn't as if, like, he posted it on Instagram, like, I'm going to get Subway. It was just sort of like, he went to get Subway, but then somebody attacked him. Like, everything seemed a little bit too planned for something for something that was impromptu that was supposedly a random attack yeah yeah it just seemed a bit fishy but people still supported him and there was a whole um conversation around cancel culture and should he be canceled because he wasn't officially convicted of anything in the court of like he was convicted in the court of public opinion yes but not really in the court of law no I mean, when I heard the story, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's not jump to conclusions. This could be a true story. But then, I mean, I don't care, to be honest, what really happened there. But it was just, a lot of things just didn't add up. And then, <laughs> there was a story. I don't remember which, which newspaper I was reading, but someone had, like, printed... <laughs> someone had, like, printed... Apparently, like, notes that he had been getting at Empire. Oh, yeah, the federal um, government was involved because they used the, the American postal system to send him threatening messages. Threatening and, messages. But did you see the messages? They would, like, cut up, like, the movies, right? <laughs> like, they just they cut different letters out of the movies so that it would be untraceable. I was like, listen, Jesse wrote that himself. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> he wrote that with his left hand because... actually Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly okay i don't want to get sued but i was i was reading it and thinking no way did someone really have the time to cut out (laughs) random (laughs) random (laughs) letters from different newspapers to then stick it together into a sentence (laughs) i was like bro this is not okay don't fall for what they've told you okay allegedly like you know it probably happened but allegedly i just found it so funny I think probably the most damaging thing about it was it, it really shattered his reputation. They wrote him out of the show. And then it made a lot of people question other homophobic attacks. And that was really the downside of this. I don't think that was his intention. But I think if he, if it was staged, I think he wanted to be a gay champion. He wanted to be the gay two pack. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to live up. He wanted to be an icon in the gay community. But maybe that's just not the way to go about it like obviously what we'll speculates here that it may may not have happened but if it did there was just a lot of questions that people were wanting to ask and I don't think he had sufficient answers for them yeah good luck Jesse. good luck yeah and this was the year of music, as in I think this decade in general has just been the year of exploring different types of music, and all of them going mainstream. People <clears> on <throat> people are now interested in other cultures, other types of reli- not not religious, but other types of like ways to celebrate your individuality. There has been a rise in Latin American pop. Despacito is still the most viewed video on YouTube. I think it's over 7 billion now. And the rise of Afrobeats, that has been momentous. And rightly so, because Afrobeats is great, great music. Um, what has been like your favourite artist that you think you've discovered in this decade? See, I'm bad in that I don't necessarily know their names. Right. But I listen to them in my... Like, I will sometimes go into the Latin sp- section on Spotify, sometimes go into the Afrobeats section on Spotify. And just... I really like the willingness now in the West to listen to music that's not in a language that you understand because I'm like that's what the whole world has been doing this whole time with you know English English songs yeah 100% and just a brief you know touch on Spotify the fact that we're able to access so many different types of music now has really helped because what our taste and our type of music was always it was always limited to what was on the radio yes so if you didn't get on the radio then there was little chance that people would actually get to know you and then yeah people who would listen to music outside of the radio were always seen as hippies and alternative but now there is a genuine market and hunger for something completely different to what we've grown up with and i think that's really really cool unfortunately this has also been a year that really really showcased the rise in white supremacy yeah and that um rate of thinking there's this article on the guardian written by lois beckett and the, basically the title is that more than 175 killed worldwide in the last eight years and white nationalist linked attacks And she basically just goes on to say that in the past eight years, more than 175 people around the world have been killed in at least 16 high profile attacks motivated or apparently motivated by white nationalist conspiracy theories, including the far right racist belief that non-white immigrants and refugees are invaders who pose an existential threat to the white race. Yeah. I just wanted to say the whole thing because I feel like it's very very important to know that this is not me plucking an opinion out of thin air this has been written about and is being documented by real journalists and real publications that it is a thing that is happening in this world. Yeah there's been such a huge rise in white supremacy and In a weird way, it feels like their views and their positions are being strengthened by the kind of governments that we have in place now. And now there's been so many different attacks that has happened, um, such as the Christchurch mosque incident. You were going into that a little bit, weren't you? Yep, in New Zealand, um, the attacker, who will not be named, because they do this for notoriety, um, he um, had a big white supremacist agenda and he live streamed himself on Facebook, killing 51 people in a mosque in New Zealand. Heartbreaking stuff, heartbreaking. And what we need to start doing is labelling these horrific acts... As terrorist incidents. Because they are. <laughs> we can't sugarcoat them anymore and say, these are white supremacists or whatever, and make it seem like a whole new you know, box of things that are happening. It is a terrorist act. We need to start calling it as such because when the incident in London Bridge happened and that killed, you know, two people, we called it a terrorist attack. Just because you're not, not a Muslim doesn't mean you can't be a terrorist and that's just something that I think needs to be clearer in the media. It's also scary that the breadth of the groups that are being targeted, there have been attacks on black churches in America, there have been attacks on synagogues. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, really, but I guess that's what's happening now with globalisation, you know? People are feeling threatened in their home countries, but it's based on nothing because... I think what it is, is that equality feels like a loss of privilege to them. Yeah. So they feel like they're overlooked and it's like, no, you're just starting to get looked at more proportionately. It doesn't mean anything is negative on you. It just means people are also recognising others as human beings because that's what we are. So, yeah, that's kind of overshadowed a lot of the different events that has happened, you know, this decade. We've had RISE and, like, ISIS and all of these different groups. Essentially, they're all hate groups and there's no room for them to be tolerated. And we, yeah, just pray for people. But I think the defining moment this year so far has to be, Leah? Wagatha Christie. (laughs) Throughout all of this turmoil, I feel like the country really needed to be united on something. So when Colleen Rooney wrote her masterpiece and did her detective work and outed Rebecca Vardy as the yeah. alleged person most likely to be leaking her life stories and like her secrets to the press, it was it was done so spectacularly that people were like, Rebecca Vardy can't even sue you because you said Rebecca Vardy's account. <laughs> sis was like you thought <laughs> and i've never seen ellipses used so brilliantly i mean i need to take a course the suspense <laughs> it was detective work it was the writing ability the craftsmanship of the words of the page Ah, oh, can We salute you. We salute you. She's she's one of the OG wags. She is. So she knows. She Mm -hmm. knows how to play the game. And it was just done so well. I don't think I've ever had, I've seen such excitement transcend everything. (laughs) I think it's also the fact that she waited months and months and months to out this person. Yeah. I wouldn't be that patient. Mm. I wouldn't be that patient. We need her. Colleen Rudney needs to be our guy in every single room to find out what's going on. DCI Colleen. We stand, sis. We stand. <laughs> now, there are a few notable mentions um, that we forgot to put in, um, like the Fire Festival. Oh, God. I think this is when the Instagram influencer culture really came to a head. And I mean, this was a festival that was supposed to happen, I believe, in the Bahamas. Yeah, in 2017. In 2017. Um, organized allegedly, right. Billy, Billy something and Ja Rule. <laughs> ja Rule, don't touch anything again. Just stay in your bubble. I'm surprised that Ja Rule got off because if you watch the Fire Festival documentary, which I think came out this year. This year, yeah. He basically was in the room basically just being like, ha ha ha. When they say that they're lying to customers, he's like, ha ha ha. Mm, like, just brushing it all off. And I'm just yeah. like, oh. You knew. You knew what was going on. At a certain on. point, you may not have planned it from the beginning, but at a certain point, you knew that customers were not going to get what they wanted. Mm. Yeah. I think the fire Festival is a great indication of where we're at now, of, like, people trying to live up to this culture and believe in... Because we really trust in our influencers. In a weird way, we really trust their opinions on things. It really made us hold Instagram influencers to account. Yes, and I feel like a lot of, even with like the whole um, Kendall Jenner Pepsi incident, it really made people start to think, okay, yes, I'm just being paid to represent this brand, but also let me also investigate the brands I'm aligning myself with. Yeah. People lost thousands, thousands of dollars. I mean, I don't feel particularly bad for them because they have money. <laughs> it was all of the vendors who signed yeah. up to cater, to do music, to do other things yeah. for the festival. Yeah. It really suffered. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend the Fire Festival on Netflix if you want to watch it. We're not being sponsored yet. But yeah, please do. It's very, very well made. And it just gives a good overview and a good timeline of everything. And at the end of the documentary, he was still trying to make another event. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, still trying to scam the same people you just scammed. How does that work? The brazenness of it. It's the fact that the scam continued, that when they realized that they didn't have enough money, they were like, oh, we're now introducing these electronic wristbands to get more money. And then you have to top up the electronic wristbands with money. That doesn't, like, it was just like everything was just going to shit. But the highlight of the Fire Festival documentary was that we all learned as an international community that it is possible through sheer dick sucking strength to buy a container of Evian water (laughs) a shipping container (laughs) make that mouth work there's paper there's Amex and there's mouth (laughs) and tongue (laughs) and saliva I just didn't understand why you know when it's like you didn't need to admit that to anybody (laughs) Billy was not going to do the interview and tell them. <laughs> Did he actually suck the dick to get the No, water? no, no. <laughs> he said he was willing. Wow. They loved Billy. He must have been such a charismatic character. Mm. But yeah. And also, the rise in veganism and health, well-being, me- mindfulness, mental health. There's been such a momentous rise to the point now where you have businesses homegrown businesses restaurants supermarkets who have dedicated areas for just vegan food what has been your take on that i think it's great yeah it isn't a diet that i would necessarily do 100 percent all the time but i've doubled i've done a vegan 30 days and i didn't really notice that much difference in the amount of effort it took to feed myself right people often say oh it must be really hard didn't find it that hard managed to go to Weatherspoons, eat like you know a curry there so it wasn't that hard i feel like there needs to be a lot more options and the reality is that it's not sustainable to continue eating meat the way that we are it's not and there's a lot of different types of documentaries papers articles books that you can read we have to find other means to sustain our bodies that isn't meat based yeah and the thing is, that it's not even that revolutionary. Like, no. I was looking back at my mum. My mum was like, Oh, how are you having a meal that's not meat? And I'm like, Mummy, look back to your childhood when you're in Kenya growing up. Did you eat meat every day? No. My mum would eat chapati, should eat rice, should eat beans, should eat lentils, should eat maize. Like, there were so many other things that they would eat before they would eat meat. Yeah. Meat was seen as a luxurious piece of, like, meal like it was a it was a luxurious meal that you'd only have maybe on birthdays or events or festivals or whatever you know whatever important events was happening in people's lives and i think that now just the sheer scale of meat that we eat is not sustainable it takes over two liters of water two thousand liters of water to make one hamburger one and we eat thousands of them every single day we can't live in the way that we are. And I like the fact that this generation, and I think we have, we do have, you know, social media and the rise of places like Instagram, Netflix, all these streaming services to think that people are being more conscious about their effects on the environment and that there is other different types of choices out there. You don't have to eat meat all the time to sustain your bodies. There are multiple documentaries that have refuted that, multiple journals that have refuted that, and you will be fine. I feel like in general, over the past decade, there has been a real growing focus on climate awareness and how our actions impact this world that we're living in because it's like, how many more decades do humans have They say the end of the world. I don't think that the world would end. I think that humans will die and then whatever else will continue to evolve around whatever's left of the earth. But hey, no, people forget that the earth was thriving before we got here. (laughs) The earth will never die. It will never, you know, self-combust. We will die because we can't survive in the state that we're in. And you can already see it. And the countries that will suffer the most are the developing countries because they are near... Oceans you know the, the 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 ice caps are melting, countries are being flooded more, you have more tornadoes, and it's not that you necessarily have more, but it's just their frequency is you know happening at a rate that we can't necessarily deal with, and the severity yeah, the severity of it as well has been quite crazy. The thing is, the changes that we need to make are so simple, but we're so greedy. Like, I feel like China is so greedy, America's so greedy, they want to make money, they want to continue fracking. and but we don't need to. The UK to. is greedy, France is greedy, all the German countries, is greedy. all the Western. <laughs> Africa's you know, greedy. Africa's greedy. We're so we're all greedy. greedy. We're all so greedy. We don't want to admit that, hold on a minute, if we dial this back, we can still have a sustainable community. I'm just like, so when it comes to the end times and you're the only billionaire and I'm like, what are you going to spend all your money on with all the dead people around? (laughs) You sleep on your money, you eat your money, you wear your money, because there's nothing to wear, nothing to eat, nobody to talk to your money, nobody to talk to, you know? There is a lot of things that we have to start changing, and I hope going into the new decade we champion climate a lot, because it's getting ridiculously worse Like, on a scale that we can't even fathom. And the fact that there are major economies in this world that are being led by climate change deniers. Donald Trump needs to go ASAP. Bolsonaro. He's, like, killing indigenous people in Brazil Brazil. to take their land and cut down their rainforests. And it's like, um, everyone in the international community is like, um, those are actually the Earth's lungs. So could you maybe... Please don't do that. It's just not okay. And there's so much proof. Like, how can you say climate change isn't a thing? It's because he wants to live luxuriously until he dies in, like, three decades. Yeah. We're going to be the ones who are going to be, you know, going through the water wars in four decades. Like, you know? Yeah. But overall, it's been a great decade. There's been some amazing things that have happened. Um, In our lives personally, and I guess in other people's lives as well, we've grown up a little bit and yeah, technology has completely revolutionized our lives in this decade. The fact that losing my phone is a lot more detrimental than losing my purse is a great thing. like you know i've had a good decade yeah Yeah. when i think back to the phone that i had when i was 13 i think it was one of those slidey samsung phones oh i miss those the ones that when you're at a call you just just slam it down you know and all of the the ones that the ones that you can flip over Mm -hmm. yeah we've had great tv great books oof great year great years so what are hopes for the future like I said earlier, I feel like this is the decade coming up, the 2020s, the roaring 20s. Mm. I hope that is the decade where I develop my career, mm. find out what it is that I want to do and make it work. I'm going to actually, you know, start properly dating in that decade, you know, because ugh, I don't want to die alone. <laughs> Another part of my plan for that decade is to have children. And sometimes you don't want to go to a sperm bank. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want to, yeah, it's fair enough. You want to be in love with the father of your children. <laughs> if that's... It. At, least, at least while they're being conceived. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So broad that I honestly don't know what else to ask for. Right. I feel like those are my... My non-negotiables is I think I want to have... That's the thing. I can't even say my non-negotiables. Because you never know. Because the future is so broad. I know that I want to have a partner. Mm. I know that I would like to have kids and I know that I would like to be able to support myself, whatever else happens is beyond what I could have imagined. Right. At 13, it never occurred to me that I would move to Cardiff. It never occurred to me that I would start a podcast. It never occurred to me that I would, you know, do all of these things, end up in the career that I'm at, like, precisely doing what... Like, it just... Not all of these things were conceivable to me. So I have no clue what is going to be conceivable to me in the future. You're right. When we were, when we were 13, we didn't think, oh, yeah, someone's going to be you know influences instagram people there could be hoverboard competitive competitive hoverboard riders and that's what our children will be yeah (laughs) i don't know if i want my child to be a hoverboard but yeah no you're right because they do competitive gaming now as well don't they so what are your hopes for 2020 i think 2020s will be a revelation in my life um ideally i would like to have a partner i would like to have a stable i would like to have a career that can feed my hobbies Mm. so that i could go to work nine to five but know that i can do things that i genuinely want to do and not have to worry about money um i don't know if i would have kids in the next decade before not before 33 I don't. I don't know. So that's the thing that I'm unsure on because I want it to be when I'm young and able to, and um, when it's easier on your health. Mm. Because I say that anything over thirty-five is a geriatric pregnancy, right? So those are the things that concern me, and it's like, do I have the money? In I don't have the money at the moment to freeze my eggs, right? Yeah, like a, just a, yeah, little considerations like that. It's a thing where I know that I really want children. But there's a part of me that also believes like, I won't have them and I'll be okay. It's weird. I don't, I don't know why I have that feeling, but it's I really want children. But if I didn't, I, I would be fine, I think. I would be devastated, but I would be fine. Sometimes I do think that I need a bit more time to be selfish. Yeah. But then at the same time, I also hope to have enough money to be selfish yeah as in like there's certain people who like who can have kids and have someone afford like can afford to have someone help them and look look after them while they're young like I've been told this by um, a boss who recently had a baby that babies are boring what do they do? (laughs) sleep (laughs) Sleep eat poo and that's it literally so to have some like you I don't know this is (laughs) a thing I have no clue I don't know how I'll feel next year two years from now yeah I just I just honestly I just really want someone I can do life with and if a baby comes out of that, then I would be happy, but I just yeah I want I want someone I can do that because I feel like I have so much love to give, and I just I want to pull that into something and have it grow. Maybe I should have a baby, but yeah, you can always adopt can always adopt so I as think well. I'd like to adopt yeah, and I just you know what I would like to have published in the next decade ooh. I would like to have published in a paper somewhere and maybe have finished my PhD. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're getting specific. Yeah. Maybe. Because it's something that I really want to do. See, that's the thing. I need to think about it more. I need to write down what it is that I specifically want. Yeah. Because at the moment, I think that's where I'm at now. Maybe in the next decade, I want to know what I want. <gasps> right. You want to be more sure of like who you are and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the thing. I think youth is so beautiful, but it's also the perfect time to do whatever and have no consequences really for your actions. And a lot of people you know romanticize your 20s like you're supposed to be good you know have your partner get like my mom was asking about a bloody husband excuse me i finished uni about five months ago and prior to that you were telling me to read my books how did we transition you know five months later to now where is your husband no it's because they expected you to have lied to them and have found have a husband waiting in the wings doesn't work like that (laughs) it's like if you not when your children are actually honest (laughs) yeah this is this is the thing I'm like mommy I never lied to you so I don't really know how this works um I mean I have lied but that's for different reasons um (laughs) yeah I just think it's great to have this moment to just be ourselves and just make mistakes die inside and become reborn again and I'm really looking forward to it same here well, thank you so much for joining us on our this first episode of Our Two Pence. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and this has been our opinions on the decade. If you have any opinions, you can reach us at Our Two Pence on Instagram and on Twitter that is spelled O U R the number 2 P E N C E and of course that will be detailed in the description bar. Yeah. So, please feel free to DM us, tweet us message us about your two pence of the decade like we're pretty sure that we've missed out certain topics and certain things that have happened so let us know what we've missed let us know what you've enjoyed and what your opinions are on some of the topics that we've covered yeah so I have been Leah I've been Vivian and this has been our two pence we'll see you next week Bye. bye